Thanks, Paul. I thought I'd go for the most dadly look. I was going for, I don't know if this is, a, this is a dad look. If I was to interpret, what should a dad look like on Father's Day? I went checkered shirt. I'd open it up just to be a little bit, you know, because it's warm, isn't it? Um, so this is me looking like a dad. So happy Father's Day to you all. A shout out to the events team, by the way, who also share the same passion about those little QR codes on the backs of the seats. Maybe not the same passion, um, but they do um, a great job behind the scenes. Those little jobs are so important. All the tiny little things. There's been a few this morning, just tweaking the lights and just keep tweaking the sound. Shout out to the tech guys at the back. Joe running sound solo. It's great. It's so good um, to be in church. So happy Father's Day. I'm a father um, of um, one daughter, Abigail, and it wouldn't be Father's Day. Um, if Would you allow me just one moment to show you a baby photo of a baby who is or was approximately 10 minutes old at this point. Not the cross, that's... <laughs> there's me on the left, and there's <laughs> Abigail on the right. <laughs> Baby face Ben, and little... Ten, you can even see, just make out the little... I don't know what you call it, the yellow gunkiness. He's, oh, <laughs> don't say that out loud. You know, she's fresh out there, and... <laughs> A little bit like in that Father's Day video right at the beginning. Um, the proudest day was the day that she made me a dad. And, and I would stand by that. The proudest day of my life was when I became a dad. Well, the proudest moment, because the most of the day is quite stressful and quite harrowing and, dis and distressing. And then after that, it's very tiring. So it wasn't the most greatest day. The greatest day was our wedding day. The greatest and proudest moment was that moment she was born. Honestly, absolutely fantastic. But since then, she's fallen out a year ago, so when she was three, probably the proudest moment to that point was the next photo. I think it's Lizzie operating the, the desk. <laughs> this, I'll tell you the story. This is the proudest moment um, as Abigail's dad. As you can see, she's absolutely loving life. We're on holiday. We were on holiday one year ago, so she's three. And you've all heard of the terrible twos. I think they're the terrible threes. The terrible toddler years. She was having, we were on holiday, supposed to be having a lovely time. And it, for the first few days, maybe the first five or six, it was stressful. We weren't enjoying it at all. She was tantruming, meltdowns wherever we go. She didn't want to do anything but watch CBeebies. It was difficult. We couldn't do anything. Me and Steph were just kind of at our wits end um we went, went to a theme park because we thought kids like theme park this was may there was no one else there it was a drizzly cold day we said abigail do you want to go on rides no 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 and then have a meltdown it got to the point where steph went to get a, a tea uh, no coffee caffeine and i i was holding the fort just looking after this tantruming meltdowning child in the middle of in, you know where, where this little theme park and every now and then I'd drop in, do you want to go and hook a duck? Do you want to go and have a biscuit? Would you like a million pounds? Can I do anything to make you enjoy our holiday? Look at all these attractions and these rides. And all she did was cry, run away. And she ran away behind a barrier to this ride without knowing. A wonderfully friendly lady said, would you like to go on this ride? And I was, as dad, from a distance, she'd ran away from me, fully expecting her to say nothing or no. But she, well, she kind of 
didn't do anything. She, I, I was amazed watching Abigail get onto this ride. <laughs> Seconds earlier, she'd been hating life. I mean, she still is. You can see on the face. <laughs> there are no other children within sight. So the lady is bored. She's like, finally, I get to press go on this darn ride. So she presses go. And it... <laughs> And Abigail, for the two-minute duration of the ride, keeps that face. <laughs> but for me, as a dad, I just thought, I'm so proud. <laughs> as a dad, I've somehow, I don't know whether I can take any credit for this, but I've helped to do something hard. <laughs> and I think it was in that very first video, doing hard things. You can do hard things. And sometimes we need a dad. A dad. Sometimes we need a parent to just encourage us. And as... As a, it was a proud moment. And many fathers in the room or many parents in the room or grandparents, or we've all got stories of when we were proud of a nephew, a niece, a friend, somebody. We were proud of them. I don't think there's a greater compliment when somebody says to you, you know what, I am proud of you. And I think maybe even a greater level of compliment, compliment is when they say, Ben, after you did that, you should be proud of yourself for doing that. In fact, we, we, we watch sports teams, England national team, um, but we want our team and our players to take pride in wearing the shirt, at least take some pride in wearing the shirt. Or maybe at work or something, you're encouraged to take pride in your work. Pride is today's topic and today's issue to deal with. We're in a series, week three, of breaking chains. And I'm going to be looking for the next 20 minutes or so, breaking the chains of pride. Now, I began with a very positive introduction. And I think when pride is an emotion, when it's a feeling, particularly about somebody else, but you can have pride in your own work. And you can, when you've done something good, you can feel proud about yourself. But I think there's a difference between that sort of pride and the pride that I'm going to be talking about today, which is a pride that God doesn't like. And we need to break out of this pride. I think this pride, it's okay when it's an emotion or a feeling. But when it becomes a belief system, I believe that I am good. Or I believe that I am better than X, Y, Z. When it becomes something that's deeper than just an emotion, I think we have a problem. And also, I think we all, and I think if you were honest, you probably would put your hand up and say every now and then, maybe every day, every other half an hour, I'm proud in some way. And I struggle with pride. I think it's something that we can all deal with. In fact, on a Father's Day, I sort of thought, how do I pitch this? I want a nice, happy-go-lucky, sort of lovely, dovey, funny, let's have a great time message. <laughs> but I'm talking about pride. I don't know why I did all that. I think it's because the rest of my message is going to be very serious. So I just needed to break the ice. Um, but I think it's so important. Let me read a scripture. Let me get here where I want to go. And actually, this is where we're going to stay. So if you're the kind of person that can kind of read a few words in the Bible and then you nod off. You just, you just need a few words. We're just going to spend most of our time camped in 1 Peter 5, verse 5 to 8. It says this. 
in the same way. I won't address what was said before, but before Peter was talking to elders and leaders in the church. In the same way, you who are younger, that's all of you, younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward all of you, one another. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards all of you, everyone, one another. Because, here's a sobering thought on a Father's Day. (laughs) God opposes the proud. But shows, (laughs) there's always some good news. (laughs) That's like, that leaves a lump in your throat. (laughs) But, (laughs) shows favor to the humble. So today, It's my aim to get us in that humble camp, not that proud camp. It's okay to be proud of little girls and proud of yourself, as I said, but this is a different kind of proud. Verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for all of you. All of you. Be alert. Wake up. And sober. And of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Full stop. End of passage. Take a breathe, a sigh of relief. <laughs> breathe a sigh of relief. I wanted to just, I didn't want to read that last verse because it, it mentioned the devil and it's like, you can't really bring the devil in on a Father's Day service. But I'm going to. I had to, I had to because of what it says at the beginning. Be alert. Verse 8. Be alert. I'm encouraging fathers, mothers, daughters, sons, human, breathing people, wake up. Be alert. Because pride is so subtle. It's so invisible. It's so, you know why? It mentions the devil there. You know the devil is the master and the champion of pride. The reason the devil is the devil is because he was a worship leader. Good, good father is who you are. It's who you are. Oh, hang on. He's singing about God. What about me? And his, proud, pro, his pride resulted in him being banished. And, and long story short, that's why he's our enemy. So pride is his number one kind of tactic. But be alert because it's subtle. So today's message If you like titles, I'm also going to give you right before, I mean, we've only got eight minutes anyway. I'm going to give you my points straight out of the bat. So if you've got a pen, you can write all four points down and you can kind of like not switch off, but you know what's ahead. I'm giving you a head start on today's message so you can start thinking about your barbecue or whatever you're going to do later today. I'm just helping you, okay? So the title is this, Four Ways to Break Your Pride. 
So I like, I like things simple. So you've got four ways today to break pride, to be alert. First one is, none of these words are mine. They're all to, one Peter. First one, they're all, I've read them all to you anyway. Number one, submit yourselves to elders. Number two, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Number three, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand. Number four, this is the lesser obvious one, but just as important, cast all your anxieties on him. Four points, mic down, mic drop, end of. <laughs> I'll help you maybe understand for anyone that's not quite caught up with me. We'll take all four of those really quickly, one by one. Number one, submit yourselves to your elders. In the context of what he's saying here, I think he's talking about leaders in the church. We all have leaders, whether it be in the home, mum, dad. Your home will not survive without leadership. Your workplace, whether you like your boss or management or not, your company is where it is today because of your leaders. Those leaders are essential. This church is where it is today. Yes, fantastic people. Wonderful volunteers. Yes, the Spirit of God. We couldn't do this without God's grace. But leaders, leadership, our senior leaders, we would not be here today without Paul and Sarah. Fact. To to take the, the spotlight off them for just a second because they probably don't like it. But your ministry, your small group, needs a leader. Nothing in church happens without a leader. So if you need some humility, because we don't always agree or even like leaders. We don't always get on it. We don't, we don't, especially when they tell us what to do. We, it's that nature, isn't it? When our parents tell us what to do, we don't like it. But if we want to be humble, if we want to get rid of pride from our life, one thing that we can do is submit ourselves under somebody else, under a leader. Because, especially in the context of church, they're appointed by God. So in doing so, we're submitting under God's leadership. So pride can appear in our relationship with leaders. We love them when they're nice to us. And they're always nice to us. But when they, you know, their preaching's hard or it's challenging or they tell us what to do or they ask us to do something we don't like, that'll be the best test for your heart's pride. How do you feel when somebody tells you to do something that you don't like? It's a good barometer for where your pride is at. So if you want to break the chain of pride in your life, simple thing you can do is submit to a leader. Now, submission is a big word that I haven't got time to go into, but let me give you some practical things that you can do for your leader or your ministry leader, your small group leader, maybe a leader in your work or your household, is you can love them. So you might be thinking, that word submission, I'm just get, struggling to get my head around. Well, just do it like this. Love them. Pray for them. Love them, pray for them. Love them, pray for them. Love for them, pray for them. Love for them, pray for them. Listen to them maybe as well. Listen, respond. That will help you with your pride. I guarantee it. Um, so respect their God-given authority. So I, I said this at the beginning. It's quite a hard message in some ways. But I think it's so important. Um, it's so important. And you could use the excuse of a father's day to say, let's just make it a bit easy and lighthearted. But actually, this can solve some issues. I deal with pride, so do you. 
But if you learn to submit yourself under somebody, you're going to go a really, really long way. So that's number one. Submit yourselves to your elders. Number two, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. One another. Pride can appear in so many ways when we look at other people. Comparison. Judgment. Well, at least I'm not as bad as they are. It could be comparison in the sense that we, maybe even we feel inadequate next to somebody and we feel small and, we, and actually that could be a sense of pride. It's like a false pride. Oh, woe is me. I'm so small and so insignificant next to them. But you realize that you stood next to a God who is so much bigger. So pride can be you just saying, actually, I'm not as good as God thinks I am. We can boast in our own achievements. We've all probably been there from time to time. We may also, and I'm, this is me, this is me. This is where pride gets me. If somebody criticizes or gives me some feedback that is, you know, constructive feedback, I can fight back, especially if it's Steph. Apologies, Steph. I can refuse to listen to advice. That's pride as well. If somebody gives you advice, especially if it's good advice, and you refuse, that's pride. So I'm not going to say much more on that other than if you want to break the chains of pride, live like Jesus. This is what Jesus did in Philippians 2. Verse 3, it says this. Don't be, do nothing, different version, but I'll read it off the screen. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of... If we could all do that, wow, it would help you with your pride, but it would also get on as well um, in life. In your relationships with one another, have the same mind or, in some versions, attitude as Jesus Christ. And it goes on to kind of talk about how he went, uh, I summarize, who being in very nature God, so he was at the very, very top, but he didn't see his, his um, equality with God as something to cling on to. He released himself and let himself go to the very bottom of the pit, dying a criminal's death that he didn't need to die because he did nothing to deserve it. The absolute pit. But in the latter verses of that passage, God elevates him to the, to the name above all names and every knee will bow to the name of Jesus. If we could do something and have the same attitude that Jesus Christ have, we can go a long long way. So clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Be like Jesus. Number three, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand. Because pride, it's sneaky, can appear in our relationship with God. Maybe more so than any other relationship. Like Jonah, if you know the story, he ran away from God. God gave him a very clear instruction. Jonah ran in the opposite direction. Many accounts in the Old Testament of when God does amazing things. And the Israelite people, they either forget what he did, they complain about what he did, or they take credit themselves for what God had done. That is what we can do today. We can see something good in our life and, and give ourselves the credit for what really God has done. And also, we can... On, a, on, a, on an issue of pride, one a way in which pride can manifest itself in our relationship with God is we might just struggle to go to him. We don't feel adequate, or we don't feel good enough, or we, we feel afraid. And as strange as that sounds, and maybe as harsh as that sounds, that's a form of pride as well, because God is so good. He's so big and so able, and we won't go to him because, for whatever reason, call it whatever, it's pride. 
So if you want to break the chain of pride in your life, trust God. Admit he is God and not you. This has to come with balance because, of course, I want everybody in this room to feel good about themselves. But also, it, has to, it comes with balance. How good are you? Fantastic. How good is God? He is God. You are you. Don't take the credit for what God has done. And one way in which we can do that practically, how can you submit under God's, remember, it's not a feeble and weak hand. It's a mighty hand. How can you do that? And this is something I need to learn. Maybe I need to allow God to do a work in me. So last Sunday, we had prayer and ministry. Maybe your first step is you're just going to ask somebody for prayer. You're going to go over to this side of the stage and receive prayer. That's, that's one way that you can humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Some of you, like me, struggle with doing that because it's asking for help and it's admitting that I cannot do this on my own. But thanks be to God, if I go to him in prayer, if I allow myself to cry because I'm a bit worried what people might think in a, in a time of ministry, if I cry or something strange happens to me, that process is a way of taking the pride out, breaking the chain of pride, and bringing humility into your life. It might not even come in the form of like a spiritual moments. It might just be texting somebody to say, can you help me? Can you pray for me? I can't do this on my own. I had a neighbor, I was trying to cut my hedge, and the hedge is too tall, and I'm on this ladder like this with a hedge trimmer, and, and the, the neighbor came out and said, I've got this special trimmer that'll do the top, and I just thought, if only I'd have asked. <laughs> sometimes it's just one ask away. We struggle with life sometimes. Somebody in this room or somebody that you know might have the answer to the problem that you're dealing with. I mean, ultimately, the answer is Jesus. But God can put people in your life that can help you Use that resource. Anything other than that, if you ignore what God has given you, that could be pride. And then finally, which links to that last point, and you could argue, how does this link to pride? Verse, um, is it verse 7? No, verse 6. Cast all your anxiety on him. I can do this. I'm reading a book on how I can get out of that. I've watched a few YouTube clips. I can sort myself out. Don't worry. Just give me a bit of time. I can do it. I don't need God's help. In fact, I'm just going to keep praying in my own little private moments. I don't need anybody else. I don't need anyone to lay a hand on me and pray with me and put their arm around me. I don't need any of that. Nope. <laughs> Be careful. That's pride. <laughs> Cast all your anxiety. In fact, if you read it in the New American Standard Version, Johnny said I should do this bit in an American accent. I'm not going to. Same, uh, same passage, 1 Peter, chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 in the New... It's all one sentence, so it links the two. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time, comma, having cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Casting your anxiety is part of this pride issue. Casting your anxiety is part of this humility issue. Some of us, me included, struggle to cast my anxiety on God because it sounds so cutesy. He cares for me. It doesn't sound at all manly. Dads. It's, it's the kind of thing that if you were to put this on your fridge as a fridge magnet, it would have flowers with it. It would have uh, all these other lady things. It's, uh, 
my goodness, where's the pride coming now, Ben? <laughs> Sorry to stereotype, ladies, men, you can all like flowers. But it just, I, I just imagine if you were to put that in a little image, it would have pastel colours. It would have pastely colours, guys. You know it would. Cast all your cares on him. I know they probably are. I'm going to go mate one now that doesn't have that. <laughs> but when, when we're faced with, with an issue, a problem, we, we all know about fight or flight. Some of us, stress in our life, we'll fight our way through it. We'll kind of, ah, oh, take you on whatever it is, that financial issue, that relational issue, that health issue, whatever it might be. I'm just going to fight my way through and just come on, grin and bear it. Gutsy, gritsy, come on, we can do it. Others, like Jonah, will run away and hide and go in, I can't do this. You know what's really interesting is both of those are pride. Because God has given us the answer. And it doesn't have to be written in pastel colors with any flowers or anything. And boxing gloves and everything that we want cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you he loves you he thinks the world of you you are the number one in his eye he absolutely adores you it's almost arrogant to say that god in fact it is arrogant to say god doesn't care about me i'm not going to trust god it's almost it is a statement of pride god says i am the mighty god under my hand, you humble yourself. Cast all your cares on me. Uh-uh. I'm not prepared to do that. Well, I'm sorry, but that's pride. And I'm saying that with confidence because I know that I do that. I'm too proud to go to God because I wish. And I, I, I always wanted to do it myself. I felt like I could do it myself. Cast your anxiety on him. Pride declares our independence of God. Humility declares our dependence on Him. God, it's not just the difficult times. It's not just like the crises, the bereavements, the traumas, the, the bankruptcies, the, um, you know, the big life events. Cast all your cares day by day. Every worry, every thought, every Excel spreadsheet you've got to fill out, every email you've got to send, every WhatsApp, everything that is on your mind, cast them to him. And if you don't, then you could creep into pride. But if you do, it's you humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. How can you do that? Maybe, like I said earlier, you go to someone who can help you and pray for you and pray with you. Maybe it's you need some ministry. Maybe you need to pray and ask your father. We're going to read a final scripture on Father's Day, a really appropriate scripture, which relates to that. I'll say one or two things. Pray, and then we'll worship. But this, this is a great scripture to read on Father's Day, based on what I've just been saying, to cast your anxiety on him because he cares. Matthew 7, verse 9. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Just checking there's no like, oh, I'll give them a stone actually. No, no one's doing that. You'd all give them bread. Even if you're not a parent, you understand this concept. Or 
If they ask for a fish, give them a snake. Mm-mm. Of course not. <laughs> Here's a gulp in the throat moment. So if you sinful people, me and you, know how to give good gifts, socks, shirts, ties, aftershave, whatever you've given on Father's Day, you know how to give a good gift, even those that aren't so good, like me. If you know how if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Prideful people don't ask Him. Humble people do. Abigail, my daughter, her number one, competing with number two, top word to use is daddy. Daddy, 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 daddy. Might be mummy, mummy, mummy. But in this context, daddy, daddy, daddy. I might be upstairs in the shower and I hear this, daddy. And I think, oh my gosh, this is an emergency. I don't know. She's put her head in the washing machine, turned it on. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm going to put a towel on, get down the stairs, run down the stairs. Oh, are you okay, Abigail? Can you pass me my drink, please? Because it's literally out of reach. There's other times, three in the morning, I've learned the whisper sound of Abigail's voice. I can hear 3 a.m. I'm waking up. It's in my dream, but now it's reality. Daddy. Daddy. Going to the room, expecting like trauma and just horrendous situations. I want you. Daddy, I want you. And you could argue that's childish. You could argue that's extreme. But it's the way the Father wants it. No question is too silly. No time is, is the wrong time. It's never too late. It's never too early. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. And no amount of daddy, daddy, daddy will ever It might get me tired. It might be annoying a little bit. But God never gets annoyed. Should we stand to our feet? Let's pray and let's worship. Father, we recognize, Jesus, that you are a good father. You're the best father. You love us because you love us because you love us. And I pray for anyone in this room, Jesus, who doesn't know your love. May they know and experience your love right now as we sing, as we continue this service. Jesus. We thank you that you took your godly position and you went to the lowest of the low. The Father sent his one and only Son to die for each and every one of us. There is no limit to the Father's love. And Lord, I pray across this room right now that we would all get a a holy hug and a holy high five and a I'm proud of you moment. You're doing difficult things and I'm, you're doing it well. I pray people across this room will get me words of affirmation from their Father in heaven as we sing in the name of Jesus. Amen.